we talk about communication all the time. It's the most important thing. Well, I mean, I wasn't listening, but. (laughs) 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 Welcome to Love Uncovered, a podcast that pulls back the sheets to look at love from different angles. I'm Robin Wilson, and together with my partner, Phil, we'll examine different themes around love. Hey, babe. Hello. How are you this fine pandemic? Oh, isn't it a blast? (laughs) Um, Yeah. I mean, as someone who does not like to hang around the house for multiple days at a time, this is going to be rough. Yeah, You're going to be looking forward to work. Almost, as long as as I'm going to be going to work. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. I'm looking forward to continuing to get paid. (laughs) Yeah. That's, That's for sure. Hopefully, hopefully everyone, uh, all of the billionaires that own all of the businesses can open up their wallets and offer their employees paid time off. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'll just hold my breath and wait for that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure Jeff Bezos is going to get off his wallet and right? give his Amazon employees some money Gosh. as if. <laughs> They're not even allowed to go to the bathroom when they no, go to work. Exactly. Oh, jeez. <laughs> this world, if one thing comes from this COVID-19 pandemic. I just hope it's a teardown of the neoliberalist capitalist system. I think that's another podcast. Oh, right, right. We're talking about love. Love today, love. (laughs) (laughs) And not billionaires' love of keeping their own money and not giving a crap about anybody else. That is love I do not care about. So I, I have a bit of a confession to make. You do? I do. Let's hear it. Uh, I found our last podcast really boring. Was it because I was on it? (laughs) No, I think it's because we were talking about money and finances. And I mean, I find that boring at the best of times, but man, when I was editing it, it almost put me to sleep. And we did that episode a couple weeks early because we should have done it now after like everybody's pensions and RSPs and savings have collapsed. Oh no, no, we're not talking about that. No, no. (laughs) This is a Happy Times podcast. Oh, okay, okay. (laughs) We're still alive to contribute to our pensions. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. And it's going to be good. This is good because we are social distancing right now because that is the recommended prevention route in this pandemic. So that's what we're doing. So it's good because we can have time to podcast. That's true. And then it's also good for our listeners because as they're hopefully social distancing... They can spend time listening to our podcast. Yes. Everyone is in need of something moderately entertaining. (laughs) And we are that moderating entertaining. Yeah. Just don't listen to the last one. It was super boring. This one's going to be so much better. Oh my God. This one, that was just like, you know, lower your expectations with the last episode. And then this one, we hit you. (laughs) Pow. So good. Hit you with the entertainment. Yes. Are you ready to be entertained? (laughs) Woohoo! And how are we going to entertain them, honey? Oh, oh, wait a minute. We needed a plan for that? (laughs) Right. Yikes. We should have talked about that beforehand. Should we talk about money? (laughs) (laughs) No, God, no, please. (laughs) (laughs) Can we just talk about like potato chips or something? I don't know. (laughs) That's entertaining for you. It is. Very. (laughs) Well, we've come up with a new segment. I wish I had like a catchy theme music to play right there for a n- new segment, but I don't. <laughs> no. And we don't even really have a name for it yet. 
So if once you hear this wonderful, entertaining new segment and you can think of a good name for it, let us know because we're open. What are we even calling it tentatively? Like uh, married people disagree. Sure. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so what we're thinking is we're going to take little things that we disagree about in our relationship because there's obviously a right way and a wrong way. And uh, we're going we're gonna to have a little small-time debate. That maybe will be a big-time debate. <laughs> maybe this will just be the end of this podcast. Maybe we'll have one segment, <laughs> and that'll be it. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> so today, uh, for our inaugural new as-yet-unnamed segment, uh, we're going to be talking about the proper way to make a sandwich. Well, I I feel like you're coming at this like with an advantage already because you're basically an expert sandwich maker in our house. Full disclosure, I make the best fucking sandwiches. Yes. And sandwiches for other occasions. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah. (laughs) I don't know what kind of sandwich a fucking sandwich is. I don't get it. I make the best sandwiches, period. Let's just say that. Okay, yeah, we'll leave it that way. (laughs) So anyone who follows us on Twitter and Instagram, I'm sure they've seen you post pictures of like my grilled cheese or my grilled ham and cheese. Which uh, to me, that's where you really excel. Like you're great at all sandwiches, but boy, your grilled cheese. I don't know. I, I, I do know what it is that you do, but man, you do it really well. The key is to keep it simple. Good bread good meat, good cheese, the perfect ratio of each, lots of butter, a good grill, perfect sandwich. You don't need more than that. On any sandwich, not just the grilled sandwich, simplicity is the key. That's life. That's not just sandwiches. That's a metaphor for life. Do you subscribe to that same sandwich making? Somewhat, yes. Mm-hmm. I think the simplicity with the grilled cheese, I, I 100% agree. I don't want much else but cheese in my grilled cheese. But if I do have something, like one other thing, I don't want I don't want it to be a clubhouse that you've now grilled in a pan. Right. Um, but I think what I like what you do about these sandwiches is this you... This is turning into a great debate. <laughs> yeah, really. Um, but you, you make a sandwich in a way that would be completely unreasonable to make any money at if you were a restaurant because you take like 10 minutes to butter every single tiny morsel of the outside of that bread. It's true. And it's like 10 minutes have gone by and like, are you done buttering the bread yet? (laughs) But at the end, it's such a good sandwich. But where I will disagree with you outside of the grilled cheese um, is your ratio of things. I don't, I don't love your ratio of stuff as much as I love my ratio. I would just like to encourage people to rewind this podcast to where Phil said, I make the best sandwiches. You do, but it doesn't mean that it is um, without fault. Oh. It can always be better. Okay, hit me. Go ahead. Yeah, so I, when I make sandwiches, I love mine as well. Yours are awesome, um, but... I like a lot of crunchy stuff on mine. I like I like lots of lettuce. If I'm going to have lettuce on my sandwich, I don't want like one barely noticeable little piece of lettuce. I want like a big thick. So like for me on a like a deli sandwich, I want like 50% of that sandwich by height should be like stacked up crispy iceberg lettuce. I love that. And then the other half can be uh, meat, cheese, whatever else you want it to be. Okay. So, you know, I'm not in complete disagreement with you with your 50% lettuce ratio. Although when you make sandwiches, 
it's probably you have double the amount of iceberg lettuce than you do meat or cheese or meat <laughs> and cheese together. Your sandwich is like bigger than my mouth and it's all lettuce. <laughs> well, sometimes it just works out that you have like some lettuce to use. It's and too like, much. What am I going to do? It's too much lettuce. I like a lot. It's too much lettuce. I mean, I agree with you on the crispy. Crispy is great on a sandwich. Why lettuce? Put some freaking potato chips on there. Well, and now I was going to go there with that. I'm like, you can reduce that 50% of lettuce if you want to replace it with potato chips. Too much lettuce. You put way too much lettuce on your sandwiches. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I love the lettuce. Like, it, it, it makes it feel like all the other really, you know, heavy stuff that's on the rest of the sandwich. It's almost negated. I don't, I haven't double checked the math. Don't, don't get on me about it. <laughs> This is not verified mathematics here, but I feel like that kind of offsets some of no. the, yeah, it does. It's not a lettuce sandwich. It's a, say, ham and cheese sandwich. So there should be, the predominant ingredients should be ham and cheese, not a lettuce sandwich with a ham garnish. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do a ham garnish. <laughs> it's because you need the meat and the cheese. The lettuce is a garnish. It's an accoutrement, if you will. If you had like a giant handful of potato chips and then some lettuce on it, and that's your entire sandwich, is that okay? <laughs> no, that's that's not okay. I think it might be okay. I might actually, <laughs> when we shut the microphone off, I might actually make a potato chip sandwich. That sounds good to me. That's what we'll debate on our next podcast. <laughs> as long as it's potato chips and cheese. <laughs> So what do you think, listeners? How do you make your sandwiches? What is the proper proportion? How much lettuce is too lettuce? Or is there such a thing as too much lettuce? There is. There is. There is, I guess. Yeah. And again, I would just like to reiterate, I make the best sandwiches, so. Especially grilled cheese. <laughs> that does not have lettuce. How do you feel like this conversation would have gone if we were doing this in the Love is Blind pods? Oh, um, maybe pretty much the same. You would have left and be like, this guy's an idiot. He <laughs> eats way too much lettuce. What a dunce. Not for me. <laughs> yeah, this is not my kind of man. So for our main conversation today, we're going to be discussing a show on Netflix that took the internet... And I think probably our friend groups by storm. And that's the show Love is Blind. It is apparently blind. That's what they say. <laughs> if you're conventionally attractive. I, well. <laughs> like, sure, it's easy enough to say, yeah, yeah, love is blind. Yeah, I'll continue to date you. When everyone on that show was like super conventionally attractive, very thin and handsome or pretty or however you want to do that. All the girls had long hair and they all had makeup and lashes. Like people were done up to the nines on this show. And yet there were still people on that show that when they saw each other were like, this guy's <laughs> only an eight and a half. Aww. He's kind of short. Yes. I liked him enough to say I would marry him <laughs> when I didn't see him, but now he's only an eight and a half. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, let's sort of roll out how this show works. Um, it's called Love is Blind because, as Phil alluded to, they had dates in these things that they called pods, and they never saw each other. So there was, like, one wall in between them that was, uh, you couldn't see through, but you could talk to each other through. And they had, what, 10 days? Something like that, Of yeah. dating in these pods. And after the 10 days, if you liked one person enough, 
you proposed marriage because, of course, you would. Yeah, that's how life works. Definitely. When love is blind, that's how life works. And then uh, all of the couples that said yes, they would marry each other, went to Mexico for a vacation where all the men wore terrible hemp necklaces. <laughs> and I have to say, if I had said yes to a proposal in the pod and then I came out and saw a guy wearing a hemp necklace, mm, no, no, marriage off. <laughs> Deal breaker. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, I kind of wish that the show would have been like, when you meet people the first time, they would have had to wear that hemp necklace on that <laughs> occasion. And white sunglasses and a white oh, belt. Oh, no. None of them wore that. No, but that would have been hilarious. That would have been hilarious. And so they had, I think, a week together at this all-inclusive resort where the other couples were as well, which caused some drama because, of course, there was lots of interdating in the pods. Right, and a little bit of hard feelings. And some one person chose uh, you know, one over the other. Definitely some hard awkward. feelings. And then once they left the resort, they had to live together for like two weeks, I think. Yeah. And so they lived together and met each other's families and planned their wedding. And then in the finale episode, they each had their wedding where they decided whether they would go through with it or not. At the altar. Like, they went through <laughs> with the whole thing, yeah. dressed in their dresses and their tuxedos, walked up the aisle, and then said, either I do or I don't. Right. Which seems cruel. Extremely. Such a reality show. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like, yes, we are going to broadcast your heartbreak and oh. your embarrassment for our ratings and money. It was terrible, because... We're not going to spoil like this whole thing. There are, will be some spoilers in this episode if you haven't seen it yet. But not all the couples went through with it. And it was brutal to watch. Yeah, it was. Especially when you see at the end, you know, one of them says yes, and then it, they slow down the pace of the show. Right. And the other one says no. <laughs> oh, my God. It's like pandemonium. It's, it's ridiculous. Like, for me, that was not my favorite part. I don't no. want to watch somebody at their lowest point in their oh, life. I it just was don't. Terrible. It's not fun. Yeah, that was that was my least enjoyable episode of the show. Yeah, me too. I agree. I I have to admit, I rolled my eyes when I heard this concept and when I heard people talking about it, but I really got into it. Well, I think for me, I I agree. I'm like, we're seriously, we're watching this show. This <laughs> this seems like what trash throws out. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I think I quickly got invested in one way or the other in a lot of the people in the show, whether it was like, oh, I really like that person or, oh, God, I can't stand that person. <laughs> and so I think that that was a good thing for the show because, um, you know, there's only thing, the only thing that you like uh, more than hating someone uh, or loving someone is to hate them. Right. And there were some couples that we really enjoyed. Mm -hmm. I think universally loved was Lauren and Cam. For sure. They loved each other, and I think everyone loved them. They were a lovely couple. He was a little handsy. He could never not be touching her, which I found I would get really annoyed with. <laughs> but <laughs> other than that, they were lovely. Yeah, well, it's it's, it's awkward, though, right? Because you, you, there's cameras watching everything, and it's the whole situation. You just met this person is, like, super awkward. So, yeah, I, I felt like them more than anybody Felt like they were always giving the camera a side eye a little bit. Right. And like, you know, trying to figure out where do I put my hand right now? This is weird. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're right. They seemed the most genuine, but also the most uncomfortable with the camera being there. True. Yeah. And they were also really lovely because uh, they were an interracial couple. 
So Lauren was black and Cameron was white. And they had really good conversations about what that would mean in their lives. Lauren had never dated a white man before. And so she was really questioning how that would be integrated in her life, which I thought was, it was really nice to see. Yeah. Well, those are real conversations, right? Yeah. I mean, I've never been in an interracial relationship. I wouldn't, like, it's not something that I would think about right away and go, oh, this is going to be a problem. Right. Like, because it isn't really something I, I would think about. I, I wouldn't care. Yeah. Wouldn't be an issue for me, but um, this is the U.S., so that probably makes it a little bit more intense. Yeah. And if you have parents that are going to be affected by that and have strong feelings one way or the other about it, then which her dad did, of course. I mean, they that would made be, it that seem would be that stressful. way. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I thought they navigated that in a really lovely and real way. They were easily my favorite couple to watch. Oh, for sure. And I yeah. thought it was really interesting that they, they at least claimed that they didn't know until they met in person. Right. Um, although I feel like you would probably put two and two together at some point during that conversation. But at least the show played it out like Yeah. And I mean, if love is blind, it shouldn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it, it wouldn't really matter to me, but I don't know. I'm I'm guessing there it probably is more important, but, and for some people it would be too. Like I could imagine like, what if you were someone who didn't even think about it and then this person comes around the corner and says, oh my God, I didn't know you were black or you were white or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it like, there could have been some real fireworks there, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm guessing there are people who would, for whom that would be an issue, but. Yeah, maybe. And I mean, to be fair, they had white contestants and they had black contestants. Um, one of the contestants was Mexican, I think he said. But there wasn't a huge amount of diversity, just like there wasn't any diversity in body type right. or sexuality or gender, really. It was all very heteronormative, cis, straight, white and black people. Well, appealing to the mass public. And maybe that's right. something they said in, in the, the show at the beginning, right? Like, you know, they're trying to set up a man and a woman. Mm-hmm. And that was maybe the baseline of the show. Yeah. I would love to see a version of this where it was more queer. That'd be really cool. Or a bunch of bi people. A bunch of think... bi folks. That would be amazing. <laughs> you could date everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so one thing that we're going to do, we're not going to like dissect the whole show, um, but we're going to take a couple of the couples and look at some of the issues that they had. And we're going to talk about uh, whether whether that was well represented or not. Yeah. Sound I, good? I, yeah. I think there was a couple couples there that had some pretty big, interesting issues. Yeah, for sure. And we're going to start with Carlton and Diamond, who were a couple who met in the pods, as they do, and proposed. And Carlton had a secret that he was coming in with. And his secret was that he was bi. And he was scared to tell Diamond for how she would react. He was scared to see how she would react to that. Mm-hmm. And, and the question really came up that when do you disclose that to somebody? Is right. that something, like, under normal circumstances, I don't, that certainly wouldn't be something on a first date you'd be talking about, no, right? No, probably not. Is this situation that they're in there any different where they've got a number of days, like, where all they do is chat? Does, does that change anything? Well, should it be something that you disclose to someone before you propose marriage to them? I honestly, I don't know. Like, why would that make any difference to somebody? And you're right. It shouldn't make any difference. That's, that's the part I struggle with. I'm like, why is this such a big deal? Why is everyone playing this up to be the biggest deal ever? Like, I wouldn't really care who you dated before. It didn't really, 
didn't really matter. All it really, all I really give a shit about is, do you like me now? Exactly. Are you into me? You're with cool. me now, <laughs> for sure. And so Carlton came into it really nervous. And so he didn't want to tell her right off the bat because he was scared of how Diamond would react. And then when they got to Mexico, he was being really weird and very off-putting and not very nice to her. And obviously that was sort of his defensive mode because he knew that he was going to tell her. Mm-hmm. And so he was putting up these walls. It was how I perceived it to be. Yep. And then when he did tell her, she was, again, my perception seemed to be more upset that he had kept it from her. Right. And that was the hard part for me because I was trying to figure out what is she... She didn't even really come off as so really pissed off. I think his way of approaching it was so defensive and instantly like she couldn't have said anything there that he mm-hmm. would have been okay with. I don't I think. Agree. Like, I agree. So I... I'm a little bit concerned that just the way that was played out might have been way overhyped by cameras being there. And I wonder if in the background producers are sitting there telling him like, oh, no, no, this is going to, when are you going to tell her? This is going to yeah. be a train wreck. Like, And he got all nervous because realistically, when I think about that, I, I think if, if someone had that conversation that I know, it probably would have been almost a nothing conversation. Yeah, yeah. But it got played up to be something so huge. Right. And to me, it's not a lie. Like, um, would you mention it? I would think in conversation that would probably just come up. It would because come up when you talk about your exes. You're chatting all the time, right? Yeah. Like, it would probably just come up naturally, but I don't know. Or it should, but he seemed to be hiding it from her. Because right. he, I don't know if he was ashamed or if he was just really that worried. Or maybe he's had a really bad reaction from someone that he dated in the past. That's, that's my assumption is that yeah. he's, he's had some issues in the past where things have not gone as smoothly as he would like. Mm-hmm. And now he's worried everyone's going to react that way. Mm-hmm. And so my question to you is when is the right time? Is it good to hold on? Like not even just a question about sexuality, but do things ever really work out better if you wait to tell someone big, important news? I don't think so. I think, especially if you're actively trying to hold that information back and lie about it or be evasive about something, that never turns out well. Because I think when someone looks back, finds out the information and then looks back on it, they'll identify a bunch of times when you were actively trying to mislead them. Right. So to me, I'm I'm not a big proponent of the lying lifestyle anyways. (laughs) No. (laughs) Uh, I would be terrible at that. I hate it. I hate living, even if I think I've done something small wrong, I hate that feeling of living with that all the time and knowing that I could get busted at any time. Totally. It's like the worst thing in the world. Yeah. I'd rather just take the consequences and, and complain right now. Yeah. And I mean, anyone who listens to this podcast know that we talk about communication all the time. It's the most important thing. Well, I mean, I wasn't listening, but... <laughs> <You're such a> <laughs> <jerk>. <laughs> But like, say you lost your job and instead of telling me that you lost your job, you figured this will be easier if I find another job first and then I'll tell her. Oh, now we're talking about sitcoms. This <laughs> this is like a sitcom plot. No, but like, it's true. Like you could see that happening. You think it's a better idea to hold off and wait because you don't want me to be upset or you don't want me to be angry. And so you wait thinking that it'll be better if you tell me when you find another job. That will never be better for me. No. And it didn't work on The Incredibles, and it wouldn't work here. Good point. I mean, if Mr. Incredible can't pull it off, I sure as hell can't. 
And so uh, moving on from that, I don't even know how to respond when you throw in Mr. Incredible. You had, you had no idea how to give a comeback to no, the Incredible. <laughs> so another couple that I want to talk about is Damien and Giannina. Is that how you pronounce that? I think Gianina? so. Giannina? Giannina. Although everyone just called her G or GG on yeah. the show. Giannina Milady. Oh, man. <laughs> it must I would, be a cultural name. Oh, I'm sure it is. But I would be using that name all the time because it rolls <laughs> off the tongue like, hey, what can I do for you, Milady? Yeah, that, like I would use that all the time. <laughs> I'm pretty sure love would be blind, but um, she would be super annoyed with me. <laughs> yeah, I probably like would one be. Date. <laughs> And so the one thing that I want to focus on with, with Damien and, and G, we'll call her, not Milady, is that they were a very volatile couple. She was very fiery and she always liked to, you know, have grand discussions, right? Whenever something was bothering her, she wanted to talk about it. Yes. She was, as the kids say, very extra. She, she was very extra. Yeah. And some people might think that she was sort of putting on a personality for the camera. Right? Yeah. Making a big thing out of everything. As people do. As people do on reality shows. Sure. And his response to that, I found to be a little, I don't know, sociopathic. Yes. Also, he's a fucking robot. (laughs) The guy has, like, it's a stone cold fucking psycho look on his face. Every time they pan to this guy, I'm like, he's planning somebody's murder right now. Totally. uh, I'm I'm not down with that guy. (laughs) No. And I mean, I get why you're saying he was a robot, because he had... No emotion None. as he was talking to her. Or personality. Or personality. But he was underhanded and mean in a very... Manipulative. That's what so I think. So manipulative is. and gaslighting her the whole time. So she would come to him with whether it was a valid concern or not, whether she was making a big deal for the camera or not. His response was always, yeah, well, what's wrong with you? Well, it's your problem for asking. Well, you do that too. He took no responsibility for anything. He was super defensive all the time and just made it always flipped it around and turned it on her to make it seem like she was the one that was causing the problems. All traits of a narcissist. Oh man, it made me so angry. He was very frustrating to watch. There's no doubt. All I kept thinking is this guy is such an asshole. And to be that good at being an asshole, you get a lot of practice. Oh yeah. So... I don't, I don't think he's, I think he's actually holding back because the camera's on. Yeah. And I feel like he's, he's one of those guys who's like got this bottled up temper that is just ready to explode at any time. And it did a couple times, right? Yeah, it did. Um, but yeah, that, that is not a person that gives me a lot of, um, you know, warm and fuzzy feelings. Yeah. I'd be telling someone I know to stay away from that run, guy. Run, yeah. run, Giannina, m'lady. Yeah. Get on your horse, m'lady. <laughs> and like, she was younger. I think she was only 24, maybe. Something like that. And I think he was in his 30s. And so, I mean, for him, if we're going down the road that he was a sociopathic narcissist, which I think we've already, that ship has sailed. We've already gone down that road. (laughs) (laughs) He may just look like a sociopath. Yeah, but but he acted like one too. (laughs) It's true. And so, I mean, for him, she's good pickings. She's young. She's easy to manipulate. Because how many times did she end up apologizing to him when she was the one that had an issue with something he was doing? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, that was the most awkward, well, maybe the second most awkward relationship to watch. <laughs> just because That one was the most disturbing. Disturbing is the word yeah. I was just going to use. Yeah. It bothered me a lot. And I mean, the, we're going to spoil this a little bit. So when they got to the end, to the wedding, um, 
the pastor asked her first and she said, yes, I do. And then they asked him and he made this big deal and said, I don't because of you. You're not ready for this. You don't really want this. You're the one that's the problem here. Not me. I'm totally ready, but I can't do this because oh, you're yeah. not ready. No, his whole program was um, a series of of making somebody feel like they're not worthy yeah. to be around him. Oh, it was um, so frustrating. Everything is your fault. You know, you're screwing this up. You're this. You're that. Uh, it was it was bad to watch. Yeah, it made me so angry. And I mean, I think. Maybe it made me a little angry because I think that in the beginning when we started dating, we fought like that. You didn't know how to take criticism if I was upset because, spoiler alert, I can get a little extra with my emotions. And you were not used to that in the beginning. And you sort of did that little trick about flipping it around. Whenever I would complain about something you did, you would say, yeah, well, you do that too. And so then it put me on the defensive and got me upset. And so maybe I was sort of triggered a little bit watching this. We have long worked past that now. I think we argue pretty well. Oh, I certainly do. <laughs> <laughs> but basically what I took out of that is that you're trying to say that there's, there's hope for Damien. There might be if he's willing to accept his own faults and to accept when he does something wrong and apologize for it, right? Because arguing in itself in a relationship is not inherently bad. People fight, you know, emotions, tempers rise and people argue about things when you feel passionate about something and that's okay. But it's about how you argue. You need to be willing to listen to what the other person says and accept that what they're saying has validity, whether you agree with it or not, and be willing to hear their perspective and see their perspective. I think those are so important, and he did not do any of those And you things. can make a point without completely belittling somebody yeah. and saying things that you cannot take back. Yeah. That's, to me, the most jarring thing is like, when I think about that show, I think, well, what happens when she watches back these episodes? If she's got any sense or her friends and family are watching this, they have to be saying to her something like, what are you doing with yeah. this controlling man? I mean, apparently not, though, because at the reunion show, they were back together. Well, I mean, the, uh, life, is, <laughs> life is full of examples where people go back to somebody that they shouldn't. Yeah. Oh, well, I hope that there's hope for him. Humans are not logical beings. No, that's true. Although you're very logical sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I appreciate that you made a graph to figure that out. <laughs> But overall, you think you enjoyed the show or are you going to watch the next season? I think I would. I think I would watch the next season. I mean, I watch it with a grain of salt knowing that there's obvious producer manipulation. Obviously, the producers are behind the scenes getting these people worked up about different things. So I think once you understand that and you go in watching it, understanding that reality is in quotation marks. Oh, for sure it is. Yeah. And italics. <laughs> and italics. I mean, going into the show, I honestly thought my biggest problem with this show is that it, it kind of makes a mockery of marriage and makes it seem like a frivolous thing. You just do whatever. I went out to the club. And, right. And like, now I'm married. Ha <laughs> ha. No, no, no. That's, that's not how marriage should be to me. I'm not saying it can't work. I mean, there's definitely you know one or two couples in there that I think might make it. They might, yeah. So it's not impossible for this to work, but... Boy, I just, uh, boy, I don't, I don't love kind of making light of a commitment that important. Yeah, it's true. I mean, we, we take our marriage very seriously, obviously. We're super serious about it. We do? Uh, sure. Oh, yeah, right. We, do. we? Yeah. we do. Yes, very we serious. do. Very serious. <laughs> serious as hell. And yeah, I'll probably watch season two. So let me ask you, is love blind? 
Well, um, speaking for me personally, my love is getting blinder every day because <laughs> I'm getting old and I can't see squat. <laughs> but um, I mean, we can kind of attest to that. We met online and we, we really liked each other before we ever met in person. Yeah. You never saw a picture of me. I know. Because the it picture, was the old days and there was the no days. pictures on the internet. I didn't have a, a scanner thing. Mm-hmm. We weren't rich. And the picture you uploaded was terrible. I yeah. could see your car really well. Yeah. But well, I that's could all you had. You. It's it's not the days of digital age. You got to be like, what the hell picture do I have here, and how can I find a way to get this on the internet? Exactly. <laughs> it's not as easy now. It's just using your damn phone. Because before the phone had the little round thing that you had to put your finger in the hole and then turn it all the way around, and it would make that weird noise. And you can't upload a picture on that. All right, Grandpa, wrap it up. <laughs> So I think we should probably wrap this up before I start talking about things like sending a note on a carrier pigeon to your <laughs> beloved, like an old man. So listeners, what do you think? Have you watched the show? Do you have a favorite couple out of that show? Would you go on that show? Ooh. That would be interesting to know. I'd love to know that. <laughs> you can reach out to us on Twitter at love underscore uncovered. Robin's at Medusa Beth. And I am at Bacon Hound. And we would love, love, love to hear from you. Love, love, love. Love, love, love uncovered to hear from you. <laughs> Our theme song is by Our Good Wolf. We want to thank them for uh, allowing us to use that for our podcast. If you like what we do, you can subscribe to Love Uncovered anywhere you listen to your podcasts. And we'd appreciate it if you shared the love and left us a review because that really does help others find us. And it also increases... Uh, the likelihood of when you search the podcast title, it comes up a little bit easier. So, <laughs> Right, exactly. Help us. What else are you doing? You're locked in your house right now for 14 days minimum. Exactly. Leave reviews on every, every platform. <laughs> so do. that's it from us today. And with that, don't forget to go out and have yourself a nice lettuce sandwich. Yeah, but do it inside. Don't go out. Oh, right. Stay inside and have a lettuce sandwich. Yeah, with a lot of meat and not actually that much lettuce. And maybe just make a grilled cheese instead. <laughs> grilled cheese is freaking awesome. 